Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. This is Chuck Hurley, Vice President of TFL, with my very good new friend, Ryan Ben. Ryan, what's your title again? <laughs> Director of Policy. Okay, so Ryan if is... I, if I can direct the policy at the Capitol, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but I haven't figured out how to do that yet. you got to show well, me. Well, you're doing a great job so far. And so we'll uh, deem you potentate here in a few years. How's that? You can just direct all the policy... Sounds good. I don't even need a raise for that. Don't you don't even that. need a raise. Okay, actually, folks, um, thanks to your support and your prayers, we are fully equipped at the Capitol. We have uh, Danny Carroll and Rebecca Olson and now Ryan Ben, and we are having dozens of meetings every day at the Capitol. I just came from there, had meetings on the life issue, which is a huge issue for us, Ryan, right? Oh, yeah. And you have been doing research on the issue of pornography in schools. We're getting there. And you're helping yep. you're helping senators and representatives craft bills. Uh, but the big news right now, well, there's two big items of news, uh, and one is breaking. We we just found out that the Iowa Supreme Court has agreed to an expedited appeal of the heartbeat law. I know it's crazy. I did not expect. Ryan, you were telling us that wasn't probably yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yep. The the state sought expedited review um, a month ago. I suppose we should back up a little bit. We should back. We up should back up a little bit. That. Okay. So and the other big news is, of course, the school choice. Yeah. And it sounds like we might have a vote on that Monday. And if, maybe at the latest, if the opposition delays and delays and delays, probably at the latest Tuesday. But it sounds like. Uh, we have the votes. We're very encouraged. It's still close, so keep praying. But it sounds like school choice could become law on Monday of next week. And then let's do unpack for our listeners what's going on in the life uh, arena, particularly the court case, but also at the legislature. Yeah, so um, I'm sure most of you remember, if you're listening to this podcast, back in 2018 when uh, the Iowa legislator passed the heartbeat bill and the governor signed it, which uh, was supposed to, at the time, ban abortion after uh, they could detect the child's heartbeat in the womb. And, of course, that was immediately enjoined by the courts. They didn't allow that to take effect. Why was that immediately enjoined? Enjoined means to stop. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, I'm trying to remember which standard even was it. The state standard or the federal? You have to remind me of that. Well, but. I was in the courtroom, actually, Ryan. Okay, so you better tell about it then, because da- I was not in the courtroom. Downtown Polk <laughs> County Courthouse, Judge Huppert. And we had a great lawyer, a good friend of our ministries, uh, Martin Cannon, was representing the state because Tom Miller, who's pro-abortion, would not represent the state. He, he did not agree with the heartbeat law, so he refused to represent the state. Not not to throw Tom under the bus, he's he's been a friend of this ministry, but uh, he is openly and notoriously pro-abortion. And so the governor hired our friend Martin Cannon with the Thomas More Society, great or- Christian organization, does a lot of pro-life legal stuff. And Martin went in and made a great argument before Judge Huppert, but Judge Huppert stopped the heartbeat law from going into effect and consigning thousands of Iowa babies— to to uh, in, in many cases a brutal death 
uh, dilation and evacuation. I don't even want to describe it on the air. It's just brutal what right. happens to these babies. So Judge Huppert said that because the Iowa Supreme Court had just six months earlier said that there's a fundamental right to abortion in Iowa's Constitution. They cr crafted that out of thin air, that the heartbeat law could not go into effect. So we've been grieving that and working to undo that since January 22 of 2019. That's three, no, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And even at that time, too, Roe hadn't been overturned yet. So either way, even if, <laughs> even if the Iowa courts had done the right thing, still would have been enjoined or stopped under that. Yeah, so. that's right. You know, Judge Huppert uh, used the Iowa Supreme Court decision to make his decision. But you're right. If the Iowa Supreme Court hadn't had that horrible decision in 2018, creating out of thin air a fun supposed fundamental right to abortion in the Iowa Constitution, then Planned Parenthood would have sued in federal court. Yep. Under Roe. Same result. Same result. So now, fast forward, Can we Ryan, skip ahead? I like, the, I like 2022 better. Fast forward to June of 2022 and tell us why that was such a great month for life and why that gives us hope for the heartbeat law that was passed in 2018. Yeah. So um, there were two big cases going on in June uh, 2022. The one I'm sure everybody's heard about, Dobbs, um, case out of Mississippi. The United States Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, um, really shockingly to me <laughs> and a lot of people. Um, huge answer to prayer. Um, You're a young guy. I was actually alive when Roe v. Wade was handed down 49 and a half years before last June, 50 years ago this month. And uh, I remember it was big news. 50 years, 49 and a half years of abortion on demand in the United States. And a lot of us had grown weary. Pretty much all pro-lifers had grown weary. But some pro-lifers had grown despairing. I never quite got to despair. But um, a lot of people thought, quote, Roe will never be overturned, unquote. Well, it was. Yep. Now, if I was in the prediction, you know, if I was making a prediction, that was my prediction. I did not think Roe was going to get overturned. But, of course, praying that way for a long time, and a lot of people were, and I think that, that's what made the difference. A lot but, of prayers. And, we, we, you know, frankly, that's a lesson for us. We should learn to believe that God can move mountains, right? Yep. Jesus said he can. Why don't we believe it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we of little faith. Yep. Right? So then also... In June yeah. 2022, what happened? And Same month. And yeah, so it was the Iowa Supreme Court overturned the uh, the case that said there was a fundamental right to an abortion here in Iowa as well. Um, How I, much can you tell us about that? You were actually at the court during the argument yeah. in I, Iowa? Well, I, I, was, I was clerking for one of the justices on the Iowa Supreme Court at that time, and I was really just privileged to be there. Um, when that case was overturned, really special personally for me. Um, did yeah, your justice write the opinion? The one, yes, the, the one I clerked for did write the opinion, which means I got to help with it. So <laughs> it was it was a really neat experience. But um, Ryan, I'm I'm getting goosebumps. I, I you know it didn't <laughs> quite hit me until just now that you were actually in the back room at the Iowa Supreme Court helping write the decision that undid that and allows us now to try to save babies. Is that correct? I'm that, not that, trying to overstate that, it. That is correct. And it was, like I say, a great experience. Very, very rewarding. Um, 
But you yeah, can't you can't tell us all the stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, but what I, can I you tell us? I can't tell you anything behind the scenes. <laughs> I can tell you what is in the opinion there now, and, and what, what's in the opinion. and what Justice Mansfield, whose name's on it, wrote. <laughs> okay, okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, you, you, but but just this this much you can say you were kind of sort of involved in writing it. Yeah, yeah. That was my that's my job is to help you know the judge write. So it was. Uh, Guy's a rock star. Well, no, no. we got him in our office. (laughs) No. Um, But it it was, like I said, an amazing experience. And it was a really good opinion in that it overturned that fundamental right case, which was huge. Um, It it didn't go all the way, though. It it said... so split some legal hairs for our listeners. It didn't go all yeah, the way, so, and so now we're still going through the process at the Supreme Court. So what it says is there's no fundamental right to an abortion in the Iowa Constitution, and therefore you don't have to apply strict scrutiny. Uh, to, which is the highest legal standard, yeah, which means which, you lose. Yeah, it, it means, state, are you trying to regulate this? If yes, you, you 99%, you lose. You lose. Okay. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, it did that. What it didn't do was answer the question. It was you know, answer the question: What standard do we apply now? And uh, so we're kind of standardless. We're yep, standardless. They 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 said you know and uh, told the district court in that case to uh, <laughs> they told the district court in that case uh, to apply the undue burden standard, which was um, you know what we've been dealing with since Planned Parenthood versus Casey federally. Okay, now I'm a nerd enough to mm-hmm. have followed Planned Parenthood versus Casey more than Roe v. Wade. I read Roe v. Wade in law school yep. and wrote really dark things in my law school textbook about it. I was really angry <laughs> when I read it. It's a terrible decision. Even yeah. the left, even liberal law professors said it was a terrible decision. It was it was unprincipled. It was illogical. But then along came Planned Parenthood versus Casey, 1992. And we, on the pro-life side, thought we were going to overturn Roe in 1992 because we now had seven Republican-appointed judges on the U.S. Supreme Court. But several of them disappointed us. Justice Kennedy, Justice O'Connor, Justice Souter wrote this horrible, they call it plurality opinion. And um, Planned Parenthood v. Casey basically said you can keep killing babies in America. There's a there's a right to it. But they changed the standard from strict scrutiny to something called undue burden, which is... What's that mean? What's it mean? I, I don't it's, know. It was, <laughs> it was brought out of thin air, wasn't it? It was. It was. And that's why the court overturned it this last, this last term. So. so then Iowa's Supreme Court judges looked at Planned Parenthood versus Casey and the undue burden standard, and they applied that in 2015 here in Iowa yep. to a pill, abortion pill case. Pretty sure. Sounds right. Abortion yeah. pills. And so we had that horrible standard for a few years. Until 2018, when we they, they threw the door wide open, the liberal judges did. So now we're reverting back to the undue burden standard. But then a week later, after the Iowa Supreme Court reverted back to undue burden, the, the U.S. Supreme Court said that undue burden standard's hogwash. Right. <laughs> yep. So, and, and we say they're reverting back to undue burden. They just said, you know, for this case— apply undue burden, but they they also said, you know, we're not setting the standard right now. Really? So they yep. only applied undue burden to the 24-hour wait case yep. that they decided June 17, 2022, 
But they didn't say what they would apply in the future? No, nope, I believe that's called uh, punting or kicking the can down the road. There's okay. expressions for it, but <laughs> okay. no, no, they didn't. So now the governor is back trying to get the law that she signed in 2018, preventing abortions after a baby's heart can be detected. And the district court here in Polk County, a new judge, but the same courtroom as 2019, new judge Gogarty said, well, undue burden means that the heartbeat law can't be allowed to stand. Uh, You can't remove an injunction. Uh, There's a whole bunch of junk in that. Sorry. There's a whole bunch of (laughs) fine sounding legal arguments that I think are junk. In Gogarty's decision, Gogarty's decision basically shut the door on the governor at the district court, but now that's been appealed to the Iowa Supreme Court with a goal of having a decision by this June. Yep. Yep. They asked for expedited review, so for for a quick decision, and uh, it's just granted today. So we just found out today that we're going to get a decision this uh, spring or most likely summer uh, in June. You heard it here first, folks, I hope. Breaking. So here's the deal. Pray hard that the Iowa Supreme Court would finish the job and put a reasonable standard into their decisions on abortion. That reasonable standard, reason, rationality, it's called the rational basis test. If the legislature and governor have any rational basis for a law, then the courts will leave it in place. Yep. That's kind of what that means, right? Pretty much, yep. A rational basis, that means you know the state is going to win probably 99% of the time. So it's kind of the reverse of strict scrutiny. So wow, wow, be, wow, wow. So pray for, pray for the Supreme Court. Pray for that ruling to come down probably by the end of June, like 95% chance or more that it will be done by the end of June. I believe so. That's the end of the term. It's the end of June. So Yeah, so hopefully we'll have a decision. So, back to our other main pillar of this podcast, school choice, probably going to be voted on Monday or at the latest Tuesday in the House and the Senate, probably be signed by the governor on Tuesday or so, we hope. Yep. And um, we at the Family Leader are rejoicing for that because we think more parents, especially poor and middle-income parents, need more options for their kids. Some kids are being taught that, you know, if you feel like a girl but you're a biological boy then we'll support that at at this school at this woke school there's pornographic materials that are uh proliferating in iowa's public schools moms for liberty is up in arms they were at the capitol yesterday showing these outrageous things that i can't even describe on the air to senators they were showing these things to senators there's a recognition that there's some schools that don't uphold a parent's values. And so poor parents should be able to have an option. And TFL strongly agrees with that. So coming early next week, we think we're going to have more options for more parents. And we're praising God for that. Can't wait. Sounds good. And then just to wrap up, Ryan, uh, can you give a few appetizers or teasers for the rest of the session? Yeah, so this session, it's kind of seemed like... It's you know school choice first two weeks. That's all we're going to talk about. All we're going to think about, and then after that, it's going to you know open up so that we can start thinking about some other stuff, which would be a nice. There's some already some good bills coming through that are um, 
exciting. I uh, hope they get passed. Some really good education ones. Um, Representative Wheeler is now head of the education committee. He's bringing some really good stuff. Um, Let me just describe for the listeners briefly Representative Wheeler. When he came into the legislature six years ago, he was sing- seen as kind of an extreme right winger. Well, now he's kind of ma- mainstream <laughs> in his caucus because there's a whole bunch of Christians that have been elected. And they're, it's kind of their time to say no to wokeism. They literally have a bill that they're calling an omnibus anti-woke bill, okay, <laughs> that's in drafting. And one of the bills that's already been filed by Representative Wheeler, but co-sponsored by the Speaker of the House, Pat Grassley, and Majority Leader Matt Winchell, and about 20 or 30 other legislators, is that uh, public schools can't teach kindergarten through third graders um, about switching sexes, transgenders. Yeah. Can't teach them about... Um, sexual orientation, I think, is the other... Sexual orientation. Mimicking the Florida bill that passed, that Ron DeSantis and others got passed. Yep. And so that's just one example a small appetizer, a teaser. We're going to be getting into that stuff uh, a lot more in weeks to come. Pray hard. Contact your legislator. Get school choice into the end zone. Let's score. And um, then join us again next week at the Family Leader for our Capital Connection. And we'll share with you a plethora of other great ideas that very likely might get past this session. Thanks for listening. God bless you. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.